Welcome to the Sample Chapter Podcast, the show where authors read a sample chapter from one of their books. Here's your host, Jason A. Meiske. We are back! (laughs) It is 2019, this is episode 49, and this is the Sample Chapter Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. I am excited. I'm I'm mostly healthy, <laughs> if you can hear it in my voice. Uh, I'm a lot better off than I was a couple weeks ago when I recorded that first episode of the year, a little bit of our retrospective of last year, but I'm doing much better now, and I'm so excited to uh, so excited to be back on the air, back on our weekly schedule. That's right. Going forward, you're going to be getting new episodes every week. So make sure you are stay tuned and registered, <laughs> you know, subscribed, whatever the word is for it. <laughs> I know, I know, it's subscribed. So make sure you're subscribed so that we can tune in, catch the show every week, uh, get yourself a new author and a new chapter. I'm excited. If you can, you got to hear it in my voice, can't you? This is going to be a fun year. We've got some big things planned. We've got lots of things going on. And... I'm just so happy to be back. Our first author interview of 2019, right now, right today. This is the day. I'm I'm so stoked I can't even formulate the right words of what I'm trying to say. And normally, I would have hit the button to stop this and start over uh, four or five or 18 times before I finally said what I wanted to say, but I don't care this time. I'm excited and I'm happy to be very happy to be back and i'm just gonna let it roll it, it, the episode's gonna be what it is so <laughs> welcome back everybody i hope your holidays were great uh you know I, I think i said that before i hope your holidays were great uh mine you know like i said before mine didn't turn out as great as i'd hoped. we were sick through a lot of it um, you know the new year's eve was very very rough um since that last episode, you notice we did take another uh, another week away, uh, another week off, because it turned out I had uh, walking pneumonia. <laughs> oh my gosh, I uh, I took a severe turn for the worst. Like the, the the next day after I recorded that episode, it it just went terrible. My chest swelled up. It got inflamed. It was burning and it hurt and. Yeah, I had things to do. I had work to get done. I couldn't stay home anymore and miss work. I went on in and I'm working outside in, you know, 28 degree weather. We had a nasty storm that came a week ago and knocked out power. It dumped, uh, well, for us, it only dumped about a foot or so of snow. Further north uh, in Missouri, it, they had much, much more snow than what we did. But here in my home, uh, it did knock out power. Um, we ended up going a night using our fireplace to heat the house. But uh, if, you, if you're if you a fan of our Twitter page or our Facebook page and you saw some pictures I posted, of uh, we made the most of it. We had the whole family. Like I said, the whole family. We all got together in the living room. I had a big fire going in the, in the fireplace. And, you know, we, we made memories. That's a night that everybody's going to remember we had a nice time and it was fun um i didn't sleep very much (laughs) you know when you've got a 
when you've got a fire in your home for the first time in oh six or seven years uh we haven't been using our fireplace other than for decoration you know little decorative candles and such but yeah so for the first time in six or seven years we had that fire going so i was up every half hour or so stoking the fire checking it out making sure that it was gonna stay safe and you know i was I, I slept right next to the fire, so I definitely stayed cozy. But, uh, yeah, the, I mean, the house, uh, you know, funny enough, the house never got below uh, 67 degrees, I believe, was uh, was the lowest it got. And that was early the next morning. And uh, fortunately for us, our power came back on. Um, I ended up missing some interviews that weekend I was going to do. But, oh, my gosh, my voice was terrible. I would have... I would have sounded like this the whole time I was interviewing that person. And, you know, I think it just worked out for the better. And ironically, the people I was trying to get with at that time, they also came down sick. So we've, <laughs> it's been, uh, it's been a, an interesting time getting this first episode up and done and on the air. Uh, but that's what's been going on with me. Um, also, in our first episode, I talked about, you know, one of our big changes we were going to be doing was a uh, another move uh, over to Military Broadcast Radio, and it, it didn't happen. It, it's it's not going to happen um, through no fault of their own. It's it's all me. It's all me. Um, I just, I, I had kind of a last-minute change of heart. I had a lot of things that I want to do with the show that... Um, I, I just it just wasn't going to be something to work out so the show is still just with me um, you know it's just me and, and my very very small crew that uh, helps out here and there you know I've got people that help me out on on the Twitter because you see every once in a while you'll see a tweet on there of people talking about about the host because I still don't know what I'm doing sometimes um, sometimes it's me sometimes it's my help but yeah it's you know I'm but I'm I'm happy um mbr is a fantastic group they do a lot of wonderful wonderful work for veterans um, around the world uh they help veterans out everywhere giving them a voice giving them things uh you know showing them what to do and helping them get off their feet you know so to speak it, it just you got to check them out at mbr.com uh see the kind of stuff that they're doing and, and check out some of their shows because they got some really really cool stuff going on uh, and I'm, I, uh, it's, it's sad that it, it didn't work out, but like I said, that was, that's totally on me. Um, I think I'm, uh, but I'm, I know I am, I'm good with this. I'm, I'm happy that it's back on my shoulders and I'm actually going to be doing some couple of things different <clears throat> coming up, uh, on my own. So that way, uh, I've got things planned that are going to it's just going to run a little bit differently but it's going to be all it's going to be all good it's going to be all uh for the better i think you're going to notice some changes and notice some things that are even better uh and who knows uh i, I will definitely keep you in the know as things come available because i i, I we have some i think some really good things uh on the horizon here pretty quick um another one of the things ironically is uh we did pick up a uh, another uh, another friend out there, another podcast friend, the uh, Pop Goes the Culture Network. Uh, they've started sharing our episodes, so hey, Pop Goes the Culture, and they're they're right here in Missouri. That was a really cool thing too. Uh, they just 
ha we happened to bump each into each other uh, <laughs> through the storm uh, of all places. In the middle of that storm, I'm posting that picture about that, and I mentioned the the storm in Missouri, and then uh, they saw my tweet and tweeted back, and we kind of you know corresponded a little bit, and uh, yeah, so that's that's cool. And uh, being here in Missouri and uh, having similar likes, they uh, they're just going to be sharing some more episodes. Doesn't mean that we're you know doing anything but uh, that they got uh, some pretty cool shows as well so make sure you're checking out pop goes the culture uh, podcast network and they have uh, animal draft house show and a bunch of others on there so check them out uh, it's really cool stuff I will make sure to share the uh, the links for that as well and uh, yeah that's that's uh, that was a cool thing I, it was totally unexpected and just happened like this past week just in the last couple days so uh, that was that was really cool, um, but uh, <clears throat> so if you are, yeah, obviously since you are following along, listening to the show, and uh, you know, like I said, now that we're back, you want to make sure that you are following us on Twitter at Chapter Sample. I think is what it is. If you search Sample Chapter Podcast on Twitter, you're gonna find us. We're gonna be right there. I don't understand how the at symbols work. How that the names are different than what they you are. But you don't have to know that. You can do a search on there, uh, or just follow the links. And follow the links for the episode. It's in there. You'll see us. Sample Chapter Podcast on Twitter. Sample Chapter Podcast on Facebook. If you're subscribed on iTunes, which I believe is still the number one place to find shows, uh, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, you name it, we're there. Uh, but yeah, I, I, like I said, I think iTunes is still the number one place for a lot of podcasts. So wherever it is you're listening to us, give us a rating. Subscribe is the main thing. Give us a subscription. Uh, so that, that way every week you don't miss out on another episode. Uh, we're having a fantastic time. And like I said, I've got some, some really great interviews, some fantastic authors coming up. And uh, yeah, it, it, I tell you what, and the really neat thing I am learning about on Twitter, I, I'm, I feel like I'm rambling here. But I'm still, I'm still stoked. I'm, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm all over the place. I realize too. I'm having my M and M's from Christmas because I've been so sick. I haven't been able to eat a lot of sweets. So I've just finished off a uh, package of Christmas M and M's just now, all by myself. So maybe it's the sugar that's making me go like, whoa, and uh, that, and then, well, I got a little fireball sitting here with me too. Uh, helps keep my chest clear, so hopefully I don't cough too much while I'm talking. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, one of the cool things too that I'm learning on Twitter is that uh, how to do polls, how to reach out to uh, other, um, well, celebrity authors. We had a few last year. Looking forward to a few more this year. We got a couple in line, <clears throat> and it uh, you know look for some more polls. Look for some information about what's coming up and if you ever see us uh, tweet something out that you like or that you want us to uh, get on board with or you know spread that word then make sure you share it you know retweet it or however it is whatever it is that you do so <laughs> i i probably ought to move on i'm already uh hitting the 10 minute mark uh, i'm gonna hit our sponsor which has been with us for the last year uh since we started like right after right off the bat been with us all along that is you store all at warrensburg missouri amazing amazing place amazing management uh the owner is such a terrific guy and i am 
I'm truly honored that they've been such a believer in the show and supporting as long as they have. <clears throat> you know, I'm looking at uh, I've got their support for another year, so uh, this is this is awesome. You store all out of Warrensburg, Missouri. They are the premium place for self storage. If you are looking for climate control, non climate control, they've got it. They have uh, another hundred at least climate control going up right now. Climate control units going up right now at their south location. They should be ready. First couple of units ought to be ready within the next uh, four weeks or so. I believe they are targeting end of February. First part of March is what they're looking at right now. So uh, the, the places are fully fenced in. It's concrete driveways. So that means less dust. It's gated access. You get your own private gate code. More, almost 50 cameras now. I just saw it the other day. They've got more cameras up. So yeah, we're, they're approaching 50 cameras. Uh, and, and they've got more to go up. So by the time they're done, I think they're looking at uh, 62, maybe 62 cameras that are going to be recording inside and outside, 24 hours a day, backed up to terabyte hard drives, multiple terabyte hard drives. So you can't walk past that place and sneeze without them recording it. <laughs> they've got security on lockdown. Check them out online at ustoreall.net. That is the letter U. S-T-O-R-A-L-L dot net. And if you are an author who is interested in coming on the show, or if you have a friend who is an author who just published a book and is saying, what do I do now? Oh my gosh, I just hit publish. What do I do? Who's going who's gonna to buy my book? Who's going to read my book? Let me know. I want to get them on the show. I will talk to them. I will get them on here, and we're going to read that sample chapter, and we're going to spread the word about that book. So let me know. Twitter, Facebook, email, samplechapterpodcast at gmail.com, and uh, we're going to make it happen. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm going to calm down a little bit. <clears throat> Let me grab another drink. Ah, there we go. A little bit of water this time. No more fireball for now. Uh, <laughs> so today's guest, our very first author of 2019, Lee Uh She's a mental health therapist did not start off as a writer. Um, I don't want to go into it too much because she has a fascinating story. And as always, it comes better from the author than from me. But you're in for a fascinating story about who she is and what she does. Her, her first book came out uh, just under a year ago, March of 18. And that is the, uh, like I said, it's the secondhand origin stories. It's book one of a uh, series that she's doing, this, the second Sentinels. This is book one. It came out a year ago, and it is an amazing story idea. I, I'm i really hesitant to go into it very much because we, we, we dive into it some more during the interview, and I, I think it's better if I save that for that. So, you know, maybe that's what I'll do is I'll just go ahead and get things over there. But the, the one of the things we didn't talk about was that every chapter is actually broken into uh, four sections. There's four main characters and four, po so, you know, that's four point of views. And each chapter you get uh, their point of view going through. Uh, so to save time, uh, what, uh, what Lee did was she read two of those out of the first chapter today. Uh, so we talked a little bit about two of the characters and then she read from the other two characters, the two main characters, 
uh, to start off that chapter. So you get to hear from uh, two of the four main characters, uh, which is only two parts of one chapter. It's really, really cool. Um, it, it's really a fascinating idea, and I can't wait to see uh, what comes of it. You know, with the I, I'm going to pick up a copy myself. Um, I can't wait for book two. Uh, she's looking at maybe later this year, probably early next year before book two is done. But she's got some big things, big plans on the horizon, and I can't wait. Um, I'm going to share links at the end of the episode with her uh, website, uh, the Amazon page, and her Twitter, because we forgot to talk about that as well. She is on Twitter, so we'll make sure and do that. Plus, whenever this episode goes up, I'm going to tag her on that, so that way you can find her really well, too. But there will be a Twitter link in the episode show notes, so check all that out at the end of the episode. Stay tuned. We're going to get right on over to our interview with Lee Blowerson. Well, hello, fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Sample Chapter Podcast. It is 2019, and we are back. I am here today with Lee Blowersaw. Welcome to the show, Lee. I can't wait to talk to you, and I just, hello. <laughs> Hi, happy to be here. Yeah, it, this, is, uh, this is my first uh, interview of the year, so I'm, I might be a little bit rusty. You'll have to bear with me a little bit, but I'm, I'm so excited that you're here and I can't wait to dive into the, the, an exciting book that you've got. Thank you. Well, go ahead and tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Uh, my name is Lee Blowerseth. I live in Minnesota with my wife, and we have a one-year-old. And I am nine to five, a mental health therapist. So a you know talk therapist. Tell me about your mother. One of those. And I spent about ten years drawing comics, and then got so obsessed with a story idea that. My wife, who's also my editor, and several of my friends who are authors just said, look, we'll, we'll help you learn to be a writer if you will just stop talking about this all the time and let us just read it instead. <laughs> so uh, luckily I, was, I had a lot of good mentors and I was not just fumbling around as much as most uh, beginning writers had to. And the results of that is secondhand origin stories. That's awesome. All right. So now, like you said, you started off creating comics mm -hmm. for a long time. Uh, you were not originally going to be a writer. So that's, uh, that's, that's always fascinating to me how many authors we've had on the show that, uh, no, they weren't interested in that. And they just kind of one thing led to another and all of a sudden you're an author. I think I always liked the idea of writing, but it was hard for me to get a wrap around how to kind of begin with it. I was always sort of like, well, I understand characters. I'm a therapist. I talk to people all day. I get dialogue, but how do you do a plot? Mm. And I have found that the plot mostly just comes from the characters and other things that I just really want to say. And once I kind of had that resolved, I found that I really love writing. Oh yeah. Yeah. I get that. I, I, what was always hanging me up was I, my technical side of it. I, um, I, I throw commas all over the place. <laughs> my wife calls that comma confetti. <laughs> yes. Like yep. Drives my wife insane. <laughs> uh, yeah. My wife saw my first version of my book when I first put it up and then she read it and she goes, Oh my gosh, I can't believe you hit publish already. So I was like, well, don't oh. worry. We can... <laughs> oh yeah. My wife is my, uh, is my editor. She reads the book many, many times. <laughs> it's very convenient, I have to say. 
Well, I've, I've learned both the value of having it edited first and uh, the value of Kindle edition and getting to edit and, <laughs> and upload the new file. Oh, yeah, a little, little tweak later on. Yep, there you go. Okay, this I is version two. Spelling errors that got found after the fact. <laughs> so now, uh, <clears throat> now tell us about your comics that you were working on because that's 10 years, that's quite the career. Yeah. Uh, well, the main one was a webcomic that you can no longer find anywhere on the internet. It was called Godseeker. Uh, it was a, how do you put it? It's a Mesopotamian creation myth, basically. Epic fantasy, in epic fantasy format about a fertility goddess. Mm. Um, and that will eventually be coming back in a new format sometime multiple years in the future. That's still being rewritten for the new format. Uh, we did a lot of short comics published in various anthologies, a couple with Iron Circus, who I love working with. They're, they're just fantastic. Uh, and a few other, like we were in, oh, I feel bad. I don't remember the name of them right now. We were in a all an anthology of all queer superhero origin stories. Oath, that was the name of it. Oath, that has just been, was a real joy to work on. <laughs> um, so a lot of more short things like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's really cool, though. Now, how how did that come about? Because as a daytime mental health therapist, <laughs> that's not really something, <laughs> it's not a crossover that we see, but right. I can see that being very good uh, mental health for yourself to unwind and start doing art. It is definitely part of my self-care practice, as the writing is. Um, I'm going to expose my own hubris here. I started drawing comics because I'd been regular drawing from a very young age and I had some training in it. And when the old rising stars of manga competitions came out, I thought, well, I can do classical art. I could do comics. That would be super easy. <laughs> <laughs> and I did not win. And I made some very bad comics, but I realized that I just really enjoyed doing it. Mm -hmm. And it made a really good, like you said, balance. I'd be talking to people all day at work and then I'd come home and just draw. And just do something that was just really for my enjoyment. Yeah. Oh, that sounds amazing. And that felt comparatively low stakes, which was nice. <laughs> Fantastic. So now, and, and you were talking about that. Uh, so the comics you got to do, that, that kind of developed your ideas for doing your own stories, which led into... Yes. Uh, your first book, Secondhand Origin Stories. Yes. Now, and and you just dove right into this uh, with, a, with a lot of encouragement, it sounds like. Yes. Okay. Now, tell us about Secondhand Origin. Where did this, what, what is this uh, story? This story is really about how people live with and how they respond to and how teenagers especially cope with kind of the legacy of their family and the expectations of their family and the expectations they have on themselves um, using superheroes. So for example, in the story you have Jamie, who is five foot tall, asthmatic, anemic. You know, she is not going to be a superhero. Mm -hmm. And her father is one of the like longest lasting, most respected superheroes in the United States. 
and her sort of dealing with being envious of her dad. She wants to be a superhero, but she's aware of the limitations of her body. And I was very fascinated by that idea of, you know, what if you were Captain America's kid, but you got all of his pre-super serum powers and no superpower, you know, all of his pre-super serum problems and none of his superpowers. And what would that be like in a family where, you know, he had this big transformation um, and Jamie's dad, Lodestar, also started off unsuperpowered and became superpowered. He never really had to learn to live with the body that he was born into. Mm. He kind of cheat coded his way out. And that option is not going to be there for her. So she doesn't really have a role model for how am I going to make a difference in the world? How am I going to live my morals if I'm not going to be a superhero? When being a superhero is how I was trained to believe, you know, you can do the most good. Right. Wow. Okay. And and there are multiple uh, main characters in this. Correct? Yep. It's a four point of view book. I get. I think that's just a thing that's going to tend to happen when you have family therapists writing a story. Um, I don't think about things from just one perspective. So to have a story that was not character just sitting around thinking about other people's motivations, I had to get into multiple heads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we have four of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm aware of let's see, Opal, Isaac, and Jamie now. Yeah. And who's the who's the fourth? The fourth one would be Yale. Um, was a, a special place in my heart as the the genderqueer character, who I just love, who is fully superpowered, absolutely a badass, can kick the ass of even most licensed superheroes in the U.S. Um, but who has a very complicated identity because their uh, superpowers came from the fact that they were born from two of the U.S.'s most infamous supervillains. Oh. Like, yes, you can kick everybody's ass, but as soon as you use your powers, you are reminding everybody of a genocidal killer from, you know, 18 years ago. Wow. And that the family does not like to talk about that. Mm-hmm. So my daughter is adopted. And in researching about adoption, because that's the thing that you should do if you're adopting, um, I read a lot of first-hand account of adopted people about the shame they felt when their adoption was kept secret. Mm. And in a lot of adoption stories in our media, um, that's how it is, you know. So I wanted to show really a character who was on the good guy side, but who had complicated feelings about that, even though Yale is very attached um, to their actual, their, their dad who's raised them and feels guilty about, you know, I shouldn't care about these other people, but they do. And that that's a, a normal response that doesn't get explored as much as I think it ought to. Hmm. Yeah. So, and now, <clears throat> so, and, and these, uh, the superhero coalition, I think it is the, the Sentinels. The Sentinels. Yep. The Sentinels. Okay. And you said that they are, um, sanctioned by the government or something like that they are are a licensed superhero team with the altered Persons bureau okay licensed okay that was that was fascinating to me to hear that part of it (laughs) okay and that's what they hope to join but they realize they're not they're not like that so well this is each of them has some kind of barrier okay this is fascinating this is really really interesting and and i'm guessing this just kind of uh, was born from Lots of influences that you've got. Yes. Okay. Well, this is, 
wow, I can't wait to dive into this myself then. <laughs> so now, and, and this is going to be part of a series. This is book one of the, yeah. uh, the second Sentinels uh, yeah. series. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now what, uh, uh, well, I guess we can't really go into what's going to happen next. So, <laughs> but I give you teasers, but I'm not sure they'll be that interesting if you hadn't read book one. Yeah, this is true. This is true. So, but, uh, but rest assured then, uh, there is a book two coming though. So that's, that's, yes. good to know. book two know? Is, is drafted and actually draft two begins literally tomorrow. So. Oh, fantastic. Okay. Do you know how, how many books you're planning? It's meant to be five. I have five books outlined, and I think if I do longer than that, uh, I, I will get some serious guff from some people. But I think five books is enough to tell the story of each of these characters to my satisfaction. Outstanding. That's fantastic. Okay. Now, do you have plans for anything outside this, uh, a, a different kind of story? Um, in that world or just in general? In general, something outside the superheroes, a, a different uh, genre or whatever. What project I'm going to do after Secondhand Origins, after the whole Second Sentinel series, I will be doing my own comic. Finally, I have never written and drawn a comic before. Ah. Um, and that's going to be uh, about cyborgs, but it's going to be middle grade. And it's going to be about how feelings function in the nervous system, which sounds super dry it's not meant to be educational. I just have a lot to say about feelings because I'm a therapist. <laughs> That's all right. My, my yeah. wife is almost done with her schooling for uh, speech language pathology. Oh, very cool. And I'm surprised how many children's books there are about that. And mm-hmm. there's, there's one really unique book about uh, the speech language pathologist who swallowed some dice. <laughs> and, and it goes on it's it's actually kind of fascinating so but uh, yes yeah, so, i mean why not let's it, I, I think it's wonderful when you can put some educational stuff into something that's really really cool like that so that that sounds awesome i'm looking forward to it but it's a long ways off because five books is going to take me a minute <laughs> <laughs> fantastic well lee this has been fantastic i've, I've had a wonderful time and what a great way to to kick off 2019 with with such a fantastic superhero book. I I can't wait to hear uh, hear the, the story and then of course, like I said, to dive in myself. Tell the audience uh, where they can uh, where they can find you online. Well, my website is leeblowersouth.com. Uh, my book, Secondhand Origin Stories, you can find on barnesandnoble.com. You can find on amazon.com and is available as an audiobook. Very nice. Uh, over on Audible, which of course also links to Amazon. <clears throat> yes, yeah, and I'll have links for the website and your Amazon page on, on here in the show notes. So I'm excited. I can't wait. Thank you so much for coming on the Thank show. You. And uh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to hand the floor over for our very first sample chapter of the year, 2018, with Lee Blowersoff. So for this section, I'm actually going to be reading scenes from the two characters that we did not get a chance to talk about. It'll be Opal and Isaac. And we're starting the first chapter with Opal. Opal shifted in the hard plastic chair in the humid cinder block room, leaning to peer past the scratch riot glass to the door beyond. Two half cubicles down, a woman was arguing with her husband through the glass, tears on her face. Opal was pretty sure she'd passed the woman here a few times before. Most of the inmates at this facility were in for the long haul. 
A lot of them were altered from the same line as her dad. You got to recognize the people that actually kept up their visits as far as the prison was from the city. The door opened and Opal leaned a little further forward, forehead to the glass. She grinned, maybe a little forced, but she had to show him that she was at least okay enough to fake it, this visit more than ever. She let her dark skin light up with the flitting pink bioluminescent lights he'd recognize as a good mood, but waited till he was close enough she wouldn't have to yell before she actually used words. Guards didn't like it when they used ASL, but his cochlear ain't was ancient by now and fritzed out a lot. Hi, Daddy. She was 18, too old really to call him Daddy, and she would have looked weird to anyone watching. Opa was dense and well-muscled. She looked like some kind of hardcore weightlifter, not someone who called her father Daddy, collected pretty stationary and liked reading romance novels from the 1700s. But as long as they kept their voices low and conversational and avoided gestures, nobody cared what they were saying. Everyone here was used to Nick Flynn and his biolites, like the briefest flares of stars against the almost midnight black of his skin. Most of the Detroit line altars had bioluminescence, which meant a lot of the inmates had it. Opal, with her wide-set black eyes, square jaw, and high cheekbones, could not have been any more obviously his daughter. He offered her a bright smile, not quite as forced as hers. There's my graduate. How's it feel? The smile dimmed. I'm sorry I wasn't quit it, she interrupted. She didn't like to disrespect him by interrupting, but it turned her stomach every time he apologized for not being at home where he wanted to be. She didn't want to be the reason he regretted what he'd done to end up here. She tried to lighten the mood. Anyways, I'm bringing the experience to you. He raised his eyebrows. She wasn't allowed to bring her phone or any electronics in with her, so she couldn't show him the low-res video of her particular dot among the 2,000 other dots in a line hitting their pieces of paper. But she was allowed to bring in a clear plastic backpack sold specially for bringing to prison visits. She unzipped it, pulling out the slightly dented mortarboard hat she'd retrieved off the grass after she'd returned her own graduation hat to the rental place. His grin lit back up as she put it on her head and paused to pose, showing it off. I have brought you your very own recent history reenactment. He slow clapped, leaning back in his chair, a faint hint of light paint flitting across his features. First, we sat through two hours of speeches. She leaned back suddenly in the chair, staring up at the ceiling as if boredom could actually kill her. The hat almost fell off. She sat back up. Then they started calling names. She pretended to be excited for a second, then drooped back again, slower this time. Then the big highlight of the day. She schooled her expression into polite, attentive interest, turned to the side as if there was actually someone there. She mimed taking the diploma and recreated the fast, sweaty handshake she'd gotten. She nodded a thanks to the invisible principal, then looked back at her dad, sitting back in the chair again. And that was the big, exciting day. You forgot throwing your hat, he pointed out. She shook her head, taking the rumpled thing off. Hat throwing was punishable by fines or by being ejected from the ceremony. Can't have anyone losing an eye to this terrifying weapon. He looked dismayed. You serious? She smiled ruefully, nodding. 2,154 students graduating. Apparently that was too much hat chaos for the school's high ups. He sighed in aggravation. That's bullshit. She laughed. Well, you can write them a nasty letter. I think I'll wait till after your sister graduates to piss them off. She and Aunt Tessa are coming out next weekend. Why didn't you just wait and come with them? Her gut did a little flip and she licked her lips. She didn't let the nervous violet lights flare up around her temple like they wanted to, but he knew the tell and sat up straighter. I got a bunch of money from grandma and everybody at my graduation party. 
priced it out. With what I've already saved, I've got enough for a bus to Chicago, plus living expenses for two months, and a bus home if I need it. His eyes snapped shut, and he stopped breathing for a second. She held her breath with him. They'd both known this was coming. She just expected it to take longer. Dim purple and yellow, almost invisible under his skin, shimmered anxiously, but disappeared as he exhaled. He didn't have the kind of deliberate control over the biolites that she and her sister did. When he opened his eyes, he nodded. Okay, bigger day than I thought then. She didn't know what to say. Yep. He nodded again, eyes slipping off to the side. He wouldn't look down in front of her. He looked back at her. You remember, baby. If they don't take you, that's on them, not you. Don't go taking any stupid risks to impress them. They aren't worth that. You are. This time his smile was tight. You forget that. I'm a man. I can make do on my own. It was an old argument, but she was sucked into it the same as ever. You shouldn't have to. She didn't raise her voice. She'd learned that lesson a long time ago. He scowled, shifting uncomfortably. Don't start. You do this for you if you're going to do it. Nobody else. Pretty bad superhero if I do it for myself. Well, don't do it for me. I'll do it because I can, she said. She dreamed of being a superhero her whole life. It had just taken on a different urgency after he was arrested. Gonna be a while since I see you then. I included phone charges in my budget. You can still call me whenever. It was harder to fake cheerful now. She didn't really want to. If it goes good, I'll have money to visit before too long. He nodded, but didn't say anything. For all either of them knew, it'd be years before she saw him again. And Emo wasn't allowed at this facility anymore. Phone calls were an inconsistent privilege. She changed the subject. Gonna miss you. Miss you too, but I'm proud of you. Do your best, baby. She bit her lip and made herself smile, even if she knew he could see tears in her eyes. She'd save lives. Use the abilities she'd inherited from him for good, and use the fame and respect from her position to do something about the conditions for people like her daddy. There were too many of them. Opal was going to be a superhero. Isaac woke up with a crick in his neck and corduroy stripes imprinted into his face as the saxophone whale he'd trained himself to wake up to blared from his phone. He didn't answer it. He didn't need to. Martin was listening. He rubbed his face, squinting in the daylight. He could have sworn wasn't there a second ago. Shit, what time is it? Martin didn't need sleep, which made him even more of an obnoxiously chipper morning person than Yale. Almost breakfast time. You let me sleep for two hours? Why not? Your essays and applications were already sent. The work on the nanites can wait. The trashier gossip blogs called Isaac a super genius, which was inaccurate. As the kid of an altered, his genes had been scanned before birth. Just like his biological sister, his genes were totally unaffected by the procedure that has turned his dad into Lodestar, leader of the Sentinels. Those gossipy blogs almost never mentioned that his mom had a doctorate in biomedicine and an MBA. Isaac knew who he took after. Dad might be the leader of the Sentinels, but mom and Aunt Jenna had built the super-powered cybernetic limbs that had brought Lodestar to the next level had given him flight and kept him in the field longer than any other superhero. And now Isaac was going to follow in their footsteps. The nanites he was making would be the game changer for brain injury treatment. The ability to repair damaged neurons according to pre-made programs. They weren't quite ready yet. His microfabricator sat silent on Jenna's dining room table. But they were well on their way. Isaac did deserve to get some sleep. It'd be good for his brain. 
He rolled over, trusting the amped-up microphone on his phone to pick up his voice, even half-smothered against the back of the couch. That was the only way Martin could hear him in here. Jenna's old apartment was a dead zone for the speakers and microphone Martin used communication everywhere else in the family home. Tell mom I'm not coming to breakfast. I'm sure that'll go over well, Martin answered from Isaac's phone. Why had Isaac taught him sarcasm? She's the one who told me to get my college application essay done ASAP, he argued, flinging one arm out in a gesture exhaustion turned into a limp flail. His knuckles brushed crinkling paper shoved under the couch. He ignored it. He was used to ignoring all the little leftover reminders of why Jenna's apartment was empty. About that. Isaac opened his eyes, glaring into the deep blue corduroy. Don't even start. You already sent them out. Spare me the lecture about inappropriate subject matter. It's too late. As a synthetic intelligence with zero biological components, Martin didn't have lungs. But that didn't keep him from sighing. Isaac interrupted Martin's lecture before he even got going. They'd been over this the night before, and the day before that. Isaac sat up, rubbing feeling back into an arm that seemed even less happy about being awake than he was. We're about to revolutionize like five fields of medicine and micro-robotics, Martin. If you think I'm just gonna not mention that to colleges, Martin interrupted right back. I was going to tell you there's been a miscommunication. Your father's voice plans to join you this morning for breakfast to help with the essay. It seems your mother didn't intend for you to stay up all night finishing them and then send them off without either of your parents looking them over. Isaac blinked, then lay back down and moaned his objection into a throw pillow. It wasn't like Isaac hated his dad. He wouldn't keep his little display case of Lodestar action figures in his room if he hated the guy. It was just that Isaac was stubborn and brilliant, and his dad was pig-headed and bossy. Pig-headed and bossy were fine traits for the leader of the oldest and most respected superhero team in the U.S., but it made for a lot of lecturing for anyone caught in a subordinate role like son. Four more months, Isaac reminded himself. He took a deep breath. Just four more months, and then I'm getting the hell out of Dodge. He gave in, swung his legs off the couch with resignation. Mom had given up on banning him from all-nighters, but he was expected to show up at breakfast come hell or high water, and he couldn't be caught leaving his aunt's supposedly empty apartment. He could only get away with using this place at all because Martin was the building's security system, and Isaac had talked him into it. Isaac ran his fingers through his sleep-tangled mass of brown curls. He better get home before Mom asked where he was. Martin couldn't lie. He could obfuscate with the best of them, but he couldn't lie. Isaac didn't know what would happen to Martin when Isaac left for college. Isaac was the only one who realized what Martin was, not just an advanced learning security system, but a genuine synthetic intelligence, the most sentient and complete in the world. Kept out secret only because Isaac could lie and because Martin had pleaded with him not to tell anyone what he really was, a person. Jenna had been gone by the time Isaac had figured it out and Martin hadn't really been this before then. Isaac got up to wash the coffee mug he kept in here, unplugging the flash drive with his data and shoving it into his pocket. He used Jenna's old apartment as a refuge, but he touched as little as possible, never left a mess. Aren't you gonna be lonely when I leave? Isaac knew Martin's code better than anyone but Martin himself. At this point, Martin was programmed to be interested in and invested in people. In the eight years since his first activation, that imperative had grown into real social impulses. He sent Isaac interesting articles and funny memes throughout the day, dropping them in his email when Isaac was occupied or accompanied. Since Martin's substantial electronic brain lived in the central column of Sentinel Plaza, and what passed for his body was 24 stories tall, 
Isaac was pretty sure Martin would find it hard to attend classes or keggers. Isaac's research partner wasn't coming with him. I can acquire phone lines. I'll call you. Isaac tried to lighten his mood. What, are you afraid my dad will try to adopt you and you'll be stuck with his little speeches forever? You're only eight, Martin, he chided, wagging a finger. You should have proper parental supervision. The joke fell flat as he reminded them both that Jenna, who'd originally made Martin, wasn't here to take care of him. She should have been. He set the mug down, headed back to the couch. Martin's tone was musing, not hurt. You know, I've been thinking about that. If we conceptualize Jenna as my mother, then really, as the other person who's raised me, Isaac stopped dead, not liking where this was going, you could reasonably be described as my father. No, nope. There was so much wrong with that, like how he considered Jenna a mentor and nearly a parent and he did not have a kid with her. Like how Isaac was all of 10 was Martin was activated. Like how Isaac didn't want to be described as a teen father, even if the kid was a 24-story supercomputer with a smart mouth and an impressively nuanced understanding of neuroplasticity. Like how Isaac was leaving, and if Martin was his son, what did that make Isaac for going? Damn it, he was operating on two hours of sleep and hadn't had his morning coffee yet. He was not up to dealing with this. He tried to settle his breathing, glad that from here, Martin couldn't detect Isaac's suddenly soaring blood pressure. Don't get mushy on me, twerp. You'll fry your circuits with that sap. He grabbed his phone and headed out the door, back into the central courtyard, where Martin couldn't answer him without being overheard. Isaac wasn't ready for that conversation. That was Lee Blowersoff reading two parts of the first chapter from Secondhand Origin Stories, that is book one of the Second Sentinels. I can't wait to read more about it and hear about the other the other main characters, Jamie and Yale. It's such a cool idea, you know. Didn't I tell you, you know, secondhand superheroes trying to make it in the world? Check it out online. Follow the links in the show notes so that way you can find this for yourself. And don't forget to check out her website. Uh, follow her on Twitter, follow us, and subscribe wherever it is you are listening to this show, iTunes or whatever. That way next week you don't miss out when we come back with a new author, a new story, and a new sample chapter. Glad to be back everybody. We will see you next week. <laughs>